Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, we give a wrap up on the D's historic AFL Grand Final win in Perth, the controversial winners of Queensland Netball's under 18 state finals, and what's going on with Ben Simmons. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marley Silva, and as always, I'm joined by my co hosts who are. No doubt in a bit of mourning today. We've had a rough weekend on the field. Girls, how are we? Do you know what? I'd actually forgotten about it for a second. And when you started that, I was like, where is she going with this? (laughs) And then I remembered. Um, I forgot to say our names. I'm Marley Silva. That was G Moore who just said she she's um, remembered her sadness. And Keely Silva sitting right next to me. Keely, let's start with you. How was your week? Um, my week was good until Friday <laughs> because of the footy. Um, no, I had a good week. Uh, I had a good weekend. Another picnic. Another two picnics actually. Ooh. Yep. Um, that's all I got for you. Yep. Yep. You don't want to share. The, the heartbreak, disappointment. Oh, yeah. No, it was very, very sad. Yeah. I think I was just more like I was shook. Yeah. I was kind of like, mm, wasn't expecting this. Tipped Manly, tipped Storm, tipped the Bulldogs. So yeah. it's really sad. <laughs> zero. Sad Big fat zeros um, on the tipping. G Moore, how was your week and weekend? <laughs> um I had a great week up until Saturday. Didn't care too much for the Manly game, if I'm being completely honest with you. And then my world came tumbling down at a very <laughs> rapid pace. And you know what's funny? The um, amount of, um, like, we kind of did lots of welfare checks. We're like, <laughs> me and G, like, FaceTime at midnight. Like, <laughs> I had strangers welfare checking on me. Like, no joke, the amount of people, like, listeners and stuff being like... Are you sweet? <laughs> Is she more okay? <laughs> I kind of put my phone away after like the third quarter in the AFL grand final and I still have like so many messages from people <laughs> on the weekend, which is lovely, but it's very hard to face. I had emails at work on Monday morning, the whole <laughs> shebang. Because everyone like down here especially, everyone's super invested in the AFL obviously it's kind of like in their peripheral that Georgia has like something storm I don't know the other league to a degree there so I think when the dogs lost they were like oh and then they were like wait didn't I hear something about storm losing to um so no it was a bit of a uh one-two punch (laughs) (laughs) left right good night (laughs) left right good night and then, you know what? Lando Norris in the F1 yeah. on Sunday just really topped off the heartbreak yeah. of the weekend. So we're good. Not, we're good. So in to wrap it up, we're great. We are doing fantastic. <laughs> we are resilient. We are bouncing back. So oh. resilient. Actually, I will say that, and I said that to Keely, after a few drinks at probably midnight, I'm a good loser. Yeah. yeah. Like, I actually wear it pretty well. I congratulated all my good friends who are D's supporters. I um, even... Oh, like a few friends who are like South South supporters, like I'm just like I'll, I'll wear it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when when your team doesn't play to their potential, you can cop it and be like, yeah. "Well, you didn't deserve it." It wasn't you? any controversial kind of. <laughs> yeah. Ending. Oh, I mean, unless you want to talk about Nathan Cleary's kick, not kind of. Uh, yeah, but who cares? Uh, to be honest, that's the, I really don't. I think don't that, care if that hadn't made the difference. Yeah. I would have been. Yeah, different. If it was a But conversion. also, I don't know. Like, there's so many um, bloody articles that are like, Nathan Cleary cheating. He didn't cheat. The ref has to, like, yeah. it's a ref's job. Like, come on, man. 
Oh, yeah, that's so far beyond Cleary's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, He's man. like, hell yeah, I'll take the key from here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, my week, thanks for asking, girls. Um, I strategically was, didn't ask. Yeah, I knew you would <laughs> My week was um, much the same. and Really? Yep. What surprised me, G-Moore, about the way that you have sucked us in to the, the Melbourne, the storm of Melbourne, right? Um, <laughs> was that in the last couple of minutes of the game where it felt a bit tight and we were looking for a miracle, um, I was actually pacing and couldn't stand in front of the TV and yeah. had my head in my hands going, I can't believe this is happening, I can't believe this is happening, and I was genuinely devastated yeah and I, was we like, were, I didn't i was not ready to eat. i was like sad. i was like i don't want dinner i, I like. felt really sad i didn't watch like i was like turn it off the second that the whistle went like i didn't want to look at their sad faces oh no this, you never look at the i sad also faces. said to g i was like this is what you've done to me i bought a western bulldog shirt last week <laughs> i facetimed her and i was just smiling wearing the shirt she was like is that the bulldog shirt i was like yeah <laughs> and then I was so excited to wear it for the grand final and I still love them because of Georgia, because I've been so invest- invested this year. But I do want to say, because I know we're gonna, we'll talk way more about the AFL in a second, but I do think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the really annoying thing about Storm because they've pulled it off time and time again in the past. It really isn't until the final whistle blows yeah. that you ever feel defeated. Yeah. Like just because they've done stupid shit in the past where they should not have won games, but they pull it out at like yeah. the 78th minute and stuff. And so sometimes, and especially in that last 10 when like they had the field position and stuff, I was like, oh. I was Ooh, like, where's the like, runaway? Where is the, the runaway? Run- where's Josh? Where's, where's, Josh? where's some dry, try that goes through 11 yep. hands on the field? Yeah. Like, I just don't think I ever resigned to the fact until the whistle blows. It's yeah, even like the 2016 grand final because that was probably prior to me eating UG the most attention I'd paid to a Melbourne game because I was admittedly going for Cronulla. And I wasn't. In, in, well, <laughs> I only went for Cronulla when they won because I was like, woo, Cronulla's going to go off. Well, I was going for Cronulla <laughs> and in that last couple of seconds and the ball's going to the sideline and you're like, there's. I could not even accept that Cronulla was a chance of winning until that siren went. Yeah. And they tackled whoever had the ball. Like, I was like, nope, this is Melbourne and they could win. So, yes, particularly devastating. Um, but with that said, and with that, some of our sadness out of the way, <laughs> Keely, I think it's time for your segment. And now it's time for Feedback Feels with Keels. Thanks. That's a, a bit of a tonal change in that. This Thanks time. for the um, the nod of approval, yes, Marley. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, now, feedback. I um, have one bit of feedback from the listeners mm. and I have a few bits of feedback from myself. Oh, here we bloody go. Yeah, look, I always have to bring something different to the table mm. and here I go. Mm. Um, one in particular I think you'll enjoy. <laughs> I got a really nice feedback from a girl, Sarah, um, who's in my Young Sharks team, who's coming back from ACL about the Ruby Tui episode mm. absolutely loved it um, we were actually talking a lot about sport and she was saying and I think this might have a nice effect on a lot of um, female athletes I had another girl who's playing rugby sevens and she told me about it but she was like oh it just kind of gave me a bit of another like push of motivation for rehab she was oh, like I just cool. feel like I could do anything you know anyway I wanted to give a special mention to Kelsey Brown oh. Ryan Pappenhausen's girlfriend oh I need, just need to say it. She looked absolutely stunning <coughs> at the Wait, Dalliance. can we just say Kelsey now, Kelsey Brown, Suncorp super netball player and Aussie <laughs> diamond? <laughs> Superstar. Sorry, I was just... 
from last night they were at the deli m's killed it amazing um which brings me on to my next bit of feedback marley made a little bit of a viral tiktok on our on our tiktok chicks and balls pod um and, or is it welcome balls? welcome all the new listeners from the tiktok i'm sure there's none but that's okay yeah marley made a tiktok and she like commented on them and kelsey was in there as probably best dressed Yes. Yeah. Um, no, then, actually, I had Brian Toto's partner. The bo- Penrith boys killed it. They killed it. Yeah. But, but and partners. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. So Daliams were great. I also have a little special mention to Cami Dev, which you also spoke about the other night. G, who lifted our spirits. He played a hectic game after those two sad games on Saturday night at midnight. We had we stayed up and watched, and um, he got man of the match. So. Little shout out to Cami Dev. It was like the saviour to be able to go to sleep a little less depressed. Yeah. Now, my last thing before I wrap up my segment, um, I have something I need to talk to you guys about. Here we go. No, remember? Does this always make me nervous? <laughs> it does, eh? <laughs> no, you know how last I was talking about holding hands? Mm. Yeah, last night? Last time. Last time, yes. Yes, last time I spoke about hands. the holding hand walking activity yeah. thing. Well, I've come to another realisation the other day. So... There now I know you guys are gonna have would have felt the same. I'm just gonna call it mask fishing. It's like cat fishing, <laughs> but it's with the mask. So seeing someone's eyes, forehead, and above, is, and going good looking, no, mask not, down, okay, ugly. No, no, that's no. what you're saying. No, no, I don't even want to bring looks into it. It's just like that. I just picture them looking like in my head. I'm like, oh, and they see the top. Like, don't you have you not felt that? They is some you can get a very different vibe. Just a different yeah. vibe. I'm not even talking about good looking, not good looking. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about completely different vibe. Just completely throwing. Do you me. know what I think it is? I think it's the element of mystery and yeah. it's kind of hot. And then they take it off, and you're like, Meh. yeah. I take it back. I take it. Back. I just like yeah. I know. I just a lot of people. You know what? I haven't. I haven't thought about. This. You will now. I will now. Because I have just throws been, you. I have been thankful personally. Well, I have to work with a mask on all the time. But I have been thankful for being able to hide my own hideous face with a mask. Oh, come on. No, like on days when you don't want to show your face? No? Yeah, no, I can pay the I can fact, like mean. first thing in the morning, yeah. you yeah. know, <laughs> feeling a bit yeah, like don't left need- of centre. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's just, a, I just kind of was like, oh. Yeah, that's but a don't we thing. all wear a mask too? Oh, okay, don't do, that. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You just ruined my episode. She, my episode. <laughs> my episode. You ruined my episode, my segment, my life. You ruined my day. I'm over it. Anyway, end of the feedback. That's all. Keep sending them in. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. If Keely Silver could please stop trying to put the microphone in her mouth. <laughs> Pretending to bite it. <laughs> Why? I'm not sure. It, it does. It's one of those things we kind of want to know. Like, you, know when you're like, <laughs> you know when you're like two? And okay, you're, not that I remember when I'm two. <laughs> no, but you know when you see a small child and they grab anything and then just like, I just want to, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why you had to announce that. Now everyone knows. Because it looked funny and I was concerned. But anyway. I was also watching myself in the yes. camera going, ah, ah. <laughs> Anyway. The point being that, as we've already touched on, one of the biggest... Oh, now I'm sweaty. (laughs) One of the biggest occurrences in sport throughout the week, of course, was the AFL Grand Final. Um, The Melbourne Demons broke their 57-year drought and took home the flag. 
over in Perth, making further history with club president Kate Roffey, who we talked about quite lovingly last week, becoming the second woman to ever do so in the sport. And undeniably breaking the hearts of Dogs fans everywhere, again, as we have alluded to. But we have to give it to them from just a little bit of a way into the third quarter. They had it. They absolutely flogged us. And there was simply nothing we could do to stop them. So for starters, girls, what did you think of the game? Do you know what? I didn't hate it. I mean, obviously I hated it. But if you were a neutral supporter, that was a good game of footy. It was a good game. And there were... Swings and roundabouts in the first quarter. Dogs were a country mile away. In the second quarter, there was nothing stopping them. And then Caleb Daniels stood over Max Gorn and the whole pendulum swung. Wow, wow, wow. There are a multitude of teams I would be much more disappointed to lose to than the Ds. Yeah. So while I was heartbroken, it was good for the game. Yeah. I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I generally thought it was a good game. You pretty much covered it. The second quarter, I was like, oh. They're coming back. They're doing what they did last week. They're going to pump them and then, yeah, sad times. But, yeah, no, it was – it's nice, like 57 years. That's a long time. Yeah. A lot to celebrate for. And And I think most of the fans can really resonate with that because they had their massive drought-breaking 60-whatever years only four years ago, five years ago. So, And I think also, can I just say, what a – Bloody beautiful stadium, Optus Stadium is in mm. Perth. Stunning with the sunset. It looked amazing. I mean, it's no G. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I could see it in your eyes. Yeah, your face no, expression. I, wow. Like, the scenery is beautiful. The stadium is a circle. Like, it could be any stadium anywhere. But it Okay, it has no defining features. We're not trying to like everyone know. Okay, Optus Stadium doesn't resonate with people the same way that the MCG does. But the helicopter shots, like, it's beautiful outlook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have the same vibe. Okay, have you been there? Right. No, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a trip there. Okay, suss it out. Away from the stadium, another thing that I absolutely loved was the pregame entertainment. Baker Boy killed it. Baker Boy covering. Kylie, Kylie Minogue. Right? Like, oh, that should win Australian of the Year. <laughs> that moment. Oh, that moment. Okay. I'm calling it Australian <laughs> of the Year. On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I pay that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think I know, you know, having grown up as a league supporter, we always watch the AFL Grand Final Entertainment because it was always better than the NRL Entertainment, like the GF. And then they just do not disappoint. So much. And so much like Aussie artists covering other Aussie artists and I thought that was really cool and I think also spoke to you know the fact that we're all stuck on this island and like <laughs> my just... island home okay good. um <laughs> half time is good too I made like stadiums in sporting context are so hard to get the vibe right because there is so much dead air between the stage 100%. and the seats yeah. so you have to go like 189% to make up for a regular 100% when there's like people right there. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. 189 so is really specific. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Before we move on to the serious stuff that we have decided we want to talk about, I, I take issue with the fact that AFL have medals, not rings. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, a ring is so much better. Like, everywhere does rings. Like, they do mm. it in the NBA and they do it in the NFL. And this is what I said to the friend that I watched with on the weekend, though. Mm. 
the AFL have copied the Premier League and do they have ah, medals? They copied yeah, they Britain. Yes, they do. Yeah, whereas they, we've yes. gone after like America. Yes. Anyway, I still just think rings are cooler. Way cooler. Yeah. You can, you get a medal in under 12s. You ever get like, a medal? Yeah, I did. Did you? Yep, in my under 15s netball grand final. Oh, yeah. Was it was the runners up. No, I was the, oh, no we won and I was the captain. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, virtual iPad. And I also. What grade? I wrote a pump up <laughs> speech for our last training session beforehand and everyone was like super emotional and my coach thought I was amazing. Well, he thought I was weird, but it was good. <laughs> bees? Did you just say bees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the top team, but I was the best leader. I wrote yeah, a you speech. Were. Yeah, you were. I used my skills where they were worth it. Yes, you, know? you did. Right? Anyway, <laughs> bit of a change of, of tune here because the thing that unfolded off-field and poor old Bailey Smith had to kind of come off to see what was happening, there was a photo of him that was photoshopped to look like a nude and it kind of was made, you know, sent all over social media and a lot of people kind of claiming it as real and whatever. And it was really gross, I I just think. Like, I know that we all, like, everyone who knows anything about AFL talks about how hot Bailey Smith is and he's, like, the face of, you know, he's everyone thirsts over him and whatever, and that's one thing to do that. But I think it talks to an inequality in how we kind of normalise some of that, you know, what is it? What is it? I'm trying well, like to sexualizing over sexualizing. Yeah, yeah over sexualizing of a very young dude. Imagine if it was, a, imagine like it was a female. Exactly. Yeah. And then so someone's got out of their way to, you know, make a fake pornographic photo of him as like a joke and whatever. And I think that some of the discussion online was a bit like, oh, it's funny, and like, oh, he, he won't even bo- worry about it because he's a boy. Mm. And yeah, I really I didn't like that. that. Yeah, I don't like. Do that you know either. what I think would be the worst job in the world? What? what? Bailey Smith's girlfriend. Yeah. Why does he have a girlfriend still? Mm. Oh, shit. Does he I'm have a girlfriend? Sure. Oh, wow. Look, okay, I could be wrong here, but they did. Uh, they definitely did at the very beginning of this year. Maybe yeah, well, I wouldn't blame her. If she, she, gets like- the, she gets the odd um, appearance on the Insta story. Okay, Not many right. tags. Right. Okay. I just think it would be a shit job. Yeah, oh, it sucks. 100%. Definitely sucks. Would be the worst. Oh, But, yeah, I thought that that was like a weird thing to kind of happen in in parallel to the grand final, which takes me on to my next point, which is how much videoing there was going on post-game. I need to speak about this. Go. There were so many TikToks, and I think G Moore and I covered both of them on our feeds. That's just apparently the videos we like. (laughs) And it was all the Bulldogs, all the Ds, the, the celebrations, the just... Drinking your sorrows away, like all in the clubs. There were so many people being like, Josh Dunkley, like, say you love me, like on the video. They're like, he's like, I love you, like drunk. And like, <laughs> then they go, and then there's ones of like Bailey Smith, and he's going, and they say something like, I love you, like you're the man. And it's all boys. Yeah. And Bailey's like, oh, thanks, kiss this guy. And they're yeah, forehead, like, that. just so many things. And, it and then one's like, so you're so hard. pretty to him. And he's like, no, you <laughs> are. <Yeah. laughs> and like, they just, first of all, Perth's going off. Yeah. Like Perth's having a real moment. Yes, and I just can't wait for us to be on a D4 uh, from watching them. But also, um, all the – they just – I don't know. There's no – 
it doesn't seem like there's a lot of drama from the AFL end. We haven't heard yeah. anything, so it just seemed like they all had, <laughs> they all have uh, yeah, it just looked like they were having a hectic time. They all seemed really nice because in all the videos, they're not like trying to palm off. They're like fully looking into the video and like talking, being like yeah, man, you know. So I don't know. It just looked like really nice. Yeah. Despite the loss, if like it was the Bulldogs boys and like the Mad Monday for the D's. The best was the one that you sent me, G, and the, the caption is day two is better than day three. And they're just like, it looks like it's midday. And That is like, while I don't like the medals, one of my favourite traditions is that like, A, they don't, you don't get take out them of their off. kit for like 24 hours, but then they get out of their kit, into their button downs, jumper Medi- on top yeah. and they continue to wear and that's like a thing that they yeah, do that's and cool. they like for days literally i love that they keep the kid on can we just take a moment for goody mm. because never in my life have i seen a coach go this hard Where and but- i love it have you yeah. seen the videos yeah 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 i only so saw like, the one i don't max think so. gone shoulders yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah all the boys in there do you know what's also so great when they um get teed up for like mainstream media and interviews and stuff in the days following and you can see like especially now while they're all away from home and away from their clubs and stuff you can see they've just found like a random crevice in a restaurant or a hotel room or something to like squeeze into and jump on a zoom their voices are so raspy yeah all of the players have been giving have been giving goody best on ground oh that's the best that's what you want from your coach and what a glow up to think this time 12 months ago they were looking to get rid of him yeah See? Imagine that, and then now you're on Max Corn's shoulders behind the DJ decks in Perth, yes. being like, "Oh, also, no, okay, sorry, my proper MVP." Speaking of raspy interviews in back rooms of random restaurants in Perth, Christian Petraka. I don't know if you oh, guys yes. have seen this. No, I have. He can't speak. Like, is, he can't speak. Yeah. First of all, his voice is gone. Yeah. Second of all, he's just like high on life and probably seven thousand beers. But he's just like. They're talking about how good it is and how um, great Goody's been in the post-match celebrations. And he goes, yeah, I said to him today, I don't know why we didn't win this earlier. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, like, I I imagined how how good winning a grand final would feel, but this is just tenfold. I said to Goody, why haven't we done this before? (laughs) (laughs) It's like stunning yeah i love him so good oh that's so good well as always you know there's so much joy i think that's really easy for us to see and feel connected to and love and feel you know joy through those kinds of stories we've just been sharing because we are sports fans i always assume that even if you don't watch sport but you see things like that and people just having a great time because they've done the thing they've probably always dreamed of doing that you would appreciate it But I am often reminded that I do live in a bubble. And one of those moments over the weekend in relation to the AFL Grand Final that reminded me of the bubble I live in was this tweet that came from Jane Caro. Now, Jane is a very prominent feminist. She's a feminist who I have interviewed on a a panel discussion for a feminist organisation. So I'm very familiar with her and she is probably of that older generation of feminist I'm not being ageist but I mean that she was you know on the front lines fighting for a lot of things so someone who is kind of loud and proud and doesn't really care what anyone says in response to what she has to say and often likes to be a little bit outrageous or cause discussion so this tweet she had put out was dear most Aussies who are the D's what is this thing you all care so much about actually no please please don't explain 
This tweet is just for all those kids like I once was who could not give a toss and felt weird and had to pretend. It's okay. One day you can just ignore it. Now, this started a bit of a thread um, where <laughs> for me, and I don't know what you, you guys thought if you, if you read a bit about it, but it felt like a, a subset of, of well, a, a type of attitude which I've seen before when people aren't fans of sport, especially in, an, in a country like Australia, where they almost act like it, it's a superiority thing to be like, I don't like sport because it's like, and everyone else does, but... You know, I'm different. Yeah. And I, I really just thought it was like, oh, come on, mate. Like, whatever. You don't have to like sport and you don't have to be – you can criticise whatever you think about us as a sporting nation. But don't take the fun out of this. I was really disappointed with that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why does someone feel the need to do that? But I just think, like, I completely can empathise with the situation. Like, yeah. it's often a question I've asked myself. I read an article once about how – living in a city like Melbourne, not having a team or not being across it can exclude you from topics of conversation like in the workplace and stuff. Yeah. And I know I've said this before, it's the first question everyone asks you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I know I often thought while we're at school, like why is PE compulsory and drama not? Yeah. Like I can, you know, there's so many facets of this conversation that you can go into. We're a sporting nation, I imagine, as someone who didn't participate or appreciate sport, it would be a really frustrating time of year. Mm-hmm. But... There is space for this conversation where you don't have to piss on other people's parade. Yes. I.e. the day after the grand final. And I just didn't understand what's the point. Like I don't understand what is your purpose in being like, I don't know who the D's are because I don't care about sport. Look at me, look at me. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah, but if she did something cool and it was on the news and people were like, wow, that's cool what you do, then that's like what I don't even know what she does. What does she do? She's like a writer in comedy. Okay, so she wrote something and it was really successful and she got an award for it. And I don't, obviously, don't know anything about writing. Don't know. I know that you write, Marley. <laughs> That's about all I got. Then I'd like, I wouldn't care for it, but I wouldn't be like, why is she on the TV? Why is she. Like, I just think it's really deflating. It's party pooper. It's like you're draining good energy. Yeah. If we're talking about energy, you're draining good energy. Like, everyone's happy. This, like, we're still in lockdown. Who gives a shit? I'm yeah. sorry, but I don't. I don't have any time for that. I can't even. I. I don't even know how to empathise for someone in that space because you're either happy for someone in what they do or like rack off. Like, don't yeah. talk about it then. I just think that if she, if the point of it was to, you know, give kids like she says who don't like someone to look up to and to say it's okay, you can say that in a really uplifting way. Yeah, hundred like, percent. It needed to be that negative. No. Yeah, you could have. She could have said that in a completely different way. She could have also like, chosen a different time. Like to how speak great about for this. everyone celebrating. If you don't, that's sick too. And hopefully, the music and art side of things will yes. be open again really soon. Yes. Done. End of. Beautiful. There's your edit. There you go. Listen to G Moore. That's oh. it. That's it in a nutshell. But she also could have picked like obviously this is it's a good time to bring it up because it'll be to trend, get attention it's trending and you want to be loud and you want to be heard like but far out if you wanted to actually make a positive impact on these kids say something like g moore said or pick a different time to do it because if they don't care they're not going to care yesterday or the day after the grand final opposed to in a month's time because they don't care about the afl so it's not going to be trending for them it also plays up to that stereotype or that um outdated kind of method of pigeonholing people of like there's people who like sport and they like sport but they don't also like art or they don't also like you know 
gardening. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It plays into that narrative and I think it, it goes back to the stereotypes of athletes being dumb and yeah. um, all that kind of That's stuff. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, like... It's like that I'm above you because, because I don't like sport because I'm really intelligent. You can be the biggest D's fan in the world and still get super pumped when you see the Archibald Prize winner over you. Like, I love footy and I also love the Archibald Prize. Like, who cares? It's stupid. It's just weird. There's just no need for it, really. Stop being a party pooper, mate. We don't need that negative shit. Last week, the script on gender inclusion was flipped at the Queensland under-18 state titles when the decision was made to allow an all-boys team to compete in the event. Things got ugly at the competition's end, which saw the boys go on to win the grand final 46-12 to in an extremely dominant performance. And the conversation was further heated in an uncomfortable interview between Kate Lambrook and the director of Netball Queensland when it aired on the project on Thursday. Cam Smith weighing in, the topic certainly gained some traction. Now, we're obviously all for inclusion here, especially when it comes to gender inclusion in sport. So why does this feel so different? Would we be asking the same questions if the boys hadn't gone on to win the comp? And where does this go moving forward? So just to clarify, this is the netball. Yes. Yes, this is the netball. Yes. No, I knew that. I just didn't hear it. My <laughs> initial thoughts when I heard it was that I didn't think it was a big deal. And I found that project interview incredibly uncomfortable. And I found that the – who was the interviewer again? What's her name? Caitlin Brook. She was very leading and looked – she was looking for a bite and also perpetuated some other stereotypes. And, yeah, that that was my initial feeling. I I, I didn't see a problem with it at all. Uh, yeah, I, I think – I understand why there would be some frustration or, be you know, maybe some discussion after it because it, it's – interesting it's unheard of it's it's pretty cool i don't know there's so many mixed netball competitions so it's not like it's weird that boys or different that boys would be getting involved mm. in um into netball itself um but i think it's almost like credit to them like they obviously train hard they learned the rules they play well like if we're gonna move into a direction where we and it's not the same but i'm gonna make the comparison anyway where we want girls to be you know, equal on this in the space of the footy and all that stuff. Um, then why does this? The you know, difference being that the girls aren't playing the boys in the footy, but this is. Yeah, I know, it, but yeah, yeah. that's why I said it was not but exact it's, same. It's but not I'm a just, contact sport, right? And I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a contact. I mean, it's technically. It's, yeah, I put that in quotation marks. JB Lee Price, look at as case and point of not being <laughs> a contact sport, but. I don't know. I don't I don't have a problem with them being in it. Yeah. I really don't. And I think we wouldn't even have questioned it if they didn't win. Yeah, and it's also like they're under 18s. So it's not, you know, maybe it would be different if actually even if they're adults. I don't I don't, I don't know. know. I don't really care. I, and maybe it'll push the talent. Maybe it'll push the girls yeah. to, to work harder. Maybe push be, more boys to get involved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd be upset if it ended up being a, a male-dominated sport. I'd hate that. Yeah, but that I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah. But we couldn't be against it. Georgia has feelings. I do have feelings. And I don't know if it's because I had a really good family friend who competed in it or just because – I. I think it gained so much traction as well. It should be noted that there was some really vile abuse to the boys after they won the game, coming from the stands, coming from the parents, and that's sort of where this debate all heated up. And I think we can definitely put the non-contact sport in 
quotation marks because we've discussed time and time again how physical it is. I think where I sit on this is that I agree that probably if they didn't win or if they weren't such a gun team, blah, 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 we might not be sitting here having this conversation. However, I distinctly remember as a kid, and I know it still happens now, girls in male-dominated sports having to play in a round or a season with two or three teams with no uh, pathways for opportunity or for a state competition and have to still fight for their position in those sports. I mean, look at even the NRLW, the AFLW, perfect example. They don't have the same list, uh, extensive team lists that the men's do. Mm. And I think for me the sort of idea that these boys kind of just walked on into the highest level of state competition and were given the opportunity to like welcome come on in come play come play Mm. at the highest level like there's more than one boys something do they they have to play to qualify they would have had to qualify surely well it's like it was like a regional state tournament so there's like so you can just enter region teams Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and look i don't i think that's probably like a kind of negative way to look at it I guess but if I was a great netballer which I'm not and I had trained and worked my whole life to get to a make that team b be in a competitive side and c show up and make it to the grand final and then a boys a all boys team come and thumped me yeah I don't know if I'd be happy with it and I just I'd think be filthy because I I played in competitions where there was two girls teams and you played each other three times because and like they were never going to be like well welcome to the boys touch comp or like you know girls included in footy and I think that there have been girls fighting to play in men's competition where there is no opportunity for them in the female competition Mm. and they're happy to take the physicality of it and they're happy to step up into that world and have been denied time and time again and do you think if it was maybe, you know, I can't think of a good example, but like if they were versing each other in tennis and it was boys versus girls or like even um, even maybe... We've, we've seen that. We've seen that historically. Yeah, I know. And even like maybe um, water polo, like that's pretty physical and there's girls that are really gun on it. Like if there was a boys competition and the girls went, would you still think the same if the girls won? Or Can- would you be like, go the girls? Because I I just No, don't- that's what I mean. Like I completely think that if the boys didn't win, I probably wouldn't have such strong feelings about yeah, this. Yeah. I just feel for the girls who have trained their whole life to make that team and to make it to state and then a boys invitational team who yeah. were a Queensland team, not a regional team. So it was like Oh came I didn't know that. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, okay. I so understand that was then. like the boys' Queensland team. From state. Yeah, oh, right. they were the they were the state like, right team. And I get it because there's probably not a heap of other boys' netball teams at their level for them to play yeah. against. But I know girls who have played really shit quality sport because there wasn't a level for them to compete yeah. at, and they just had to grin and bear it because the opportunity wasn't there when they were that age. Yeah, I think the well, context then, of them being a state rep team is certainly something that needs to come into play. And but does that, that then go to the admin? Yeah, side of things. But let me just say this one point. I, I don't agree with that. I think it's unfair because it's like putting, you know, the diamonds up against a under-18s team or whatever, right? Dramatic. Dramatic. But you know what I mean. Like <laughs> The diamonds are against, like, the fibres or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair in that sense. But when it comes to what we're talking about in terms of what we've ha- what we've all had to go through, I've had to play 
rubbish competition, you know, through, throughout my life as well because it's just however many girls there are to play tag league, blah, 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 whatever. But why can't netball make be an example of, no, you are welcome and we do want to make this as an opportunity so we can build the men's game as well when it gets to a point that they're – you know what I mean? Like why can't netball – be a leader in that sense. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, And a massive part of me sits on that fence. And they yeah. have come out and said, if we want netball to be at the Olympics in 2032, it needs to be a sport played by both genders and yeah. we need to push it and we need to push it now. Yeah. So then I sit there and I'm like, well, yeah, play yeah. on. Yeah. And I do like, I'm all about them being included and stuff. I just think... I don't know. My heart hurts well, for the girls who fought so hard to be there. Yeah, I, and I know what you're saying too because I'd be the same. But maybe then it comes from a higher-end role where they say you're an invitational team but you can't make finals. Yeah. We had invitational teams at State Cup. Japan comes. England's made a team. Like, Ireland comes randomly. A thousand obviously. percent. And then they're an invita- And they have yeah. absolutely – like, they're not – they're officially – they sign up and they come in to play their – eight round games yeah. but there, it doesn't matter how much you win or beat everyone doesn't matter it's relevant you aren't allowed to make finals yeah. so then it's like yeah fair enough I hadn't thought of that and I think like, like that, that could have been a nice yeah. because it's like come play the quality netball but yeah. like this is the girls league they've worked hard to be here yeah. and yeah. the state champions will be a girls team yeah, yeah. yeah. I and don't then, know because like even listening to myself say that like but, I know that it just is such like an unbalanced and I think that it would be so different if yeah, it's hard. I know, I but I, I think it, that's the solution. That's the solution is that you want to build the boys' game. I think especially the point about the Olympics is really important. And I for the future of the women who will represent us at those Olympics in 2032, if that's what we've got to do, that's what we've got to do. But you're right, because if I was in that team that lost, I would be livid. Yeah, I would be, be absolutely, you know want to punch on with the boys in the sideline like I would be really upset about it and to be held to a score of 12 like yeah it's just just, humiliating uh, it's humiliating I don't know if you've seen any footage of the game like no it's just we had when I was in year 12 we used to play against our boys school like a prefects netball so it's like our prefects versus their prefects and we had obviously strong netball players because we're a netball school and girls trained in it and it was really interesting then to watch boys who had no idea of the rules or anything like that compete against the girls however it was so clear to see give them a week give them three training sessions give them a coach who knows the rules and the script would flip so quickly like Mm -hmm. it's just the reality of biology like yeah I yeah it's it's hard I I I yeah. I think like a good example of this this working is the mixed relays we saw on the swimming in Tokyo, right? Yeah. Where the sport is at a point where it's at its so elite and like there's probably a question of going how fast can a person go in water? Like we're at that point, right? Where that's all that technology and both uh, the men and women have those opportunities to be the absolute best in the world and we have these incredible athletes. So now that's like, okay, where's the new competition and maybe it's in a mixed relay. So they tested that out. That was a really good example and they also did it in the athletics. A good example of when both genders are at the top of the top and have the, well, I wouldn't, I don't know how, it's, if it's exactly the same support, but really similar support levels on a national level, and you can get to that point. So maybe that's what you is that what you're trying to strive for? That's what we should be striving for in all sport. And maybe this is the introduction of it when it comes to netball. But in this particular case, it's not right. 
especially knowing that they were a state rep team. And it's the what some of the best, I would say, some of the best male netballers in the country. I just feel like it could have – it was an easy solution to this and it could yeah. have been a nice um, state titles with a really nice story of, yeah, this boys team came in and they were participating in that tournament. It was hectic. And also they're encouraging other boys to play netball. Yeah, done. That could have been That's it. That's it. Yeah. The once golden boy Aussie export to the NBA, Ben Simmons, has had a bit of an image change over the last six months, particularly in his home country. After his disappointing decision not to play with the bronze medal winning Boomers at Tokyo to focus on his game, before showing up at Wimbledon and sharing some sneaky pashes with his new girlfriend that went viral. But PDA, the, man, PDA. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's the biggest question right That's there. just a big no-no. <laughs> but this isn't the first time that the character of Ben Sims has been put into question and certainly not the first time he's let basketball fans down. If you've paid attention to some recent NBA headlines as they get geared up for the season to restart, you've probably noticed his name is being thrown around quite a bit with questions about where he's going and what his playing future looks like dominating the recent NBA media day for the Philadelphia 76ers which is all to say what the hell is going on with Ben Simmons and how come he's seemingly emerged as a love to hate kind of baller girls thoughts and feelings on Ben Simmons I am still heartbroken because of what he did to the boomers but I kind of, I'm coming to be like, do we even need, as Aussies, like we're like, uh, we don't even need Ben Simmons anymore. Yeah. We got Patty and we got Matisse, like who cares? I feel, I don't even think I have a, a strong opinion about this. I feel a bit, oh, I don't know, because like I obviously, like, you know, in his peak, he's a great quality, he's a quality player and you want to be, pr- you want him to be proud to be an Aussie so that you can be proud that he's an Aussie. And, you know, represent the boomers. So I think that that hurt a little bit. I was kind of like, oh, why don't you want to play? Um, but yeah, I, I actually don't know how I feel. I was saying this to Marley in the car on the way <laughs> to podcasting. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. What about you, Gmo? I think first and foremost, this is just great for Matisse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We love him. <laughs> He's just more and more becoming like the American Aussie hybrid hero. Yeah. Um. I think it's an interesting one and I would hope that he is surrounded by really good people and yeah. getting any of the help that he needs because clearly something's not quite right. Yeah. I don't think you can go from being loved in your inner circles like that mm. to being mm. seemingly so alienated. And look, we're sitting here reading articles from afar. It's pretty hard to actually know what's going on in Philly or Calabasas or wherever he is. Mm. But yeah, something has changed very dramatically over the past few years and I don't like it. It feels icky. Yeah, it's concerning. And mm. I think, you know, so for more context for people who aren't fully across what's happening in the NBA with him right now, there is a training camp that's happening for the 76ers at the moment, which he has just chosen not to show up to. Um, and Doc Rivers, their coach, has kind of, I mean, the entire media day was just centralised around questions about Ben and where he was and whatever, whatever. And there were comments that Doc Rivers made and uh, some of his teammates at the end of the playoffs this year, um, which were definitely, I think, taken out of context a little bit or had a spotlight shone on them a bit more intensely than some other comments about his failure in those games and his lack of confidence. Like, it's the fact that he had 
like only just started shooting three pointers in normal season and just doesn't and was in those playoffs instead of dunking when he had the opportunity to do it, like making lots of passes and things like that and the media really jumped on it and I think it's just kind of really rolled into this big thing and I think it, you know I don't want to speculate too much but it's probably playing you know on his mental game and maybe even make him ask does he want to be there like he did ask for a trade so it's sad and I think I think it's a mix of like you can look at it as him being arrogant or you can look at it as him being in a really tough space well I was gonna say like I think Jay Moore made a really good point it it, and the fact that he didn't show up to a training camp like that says a lot I think uh, in any elite sporting environment you have this expectation that the athletes you know they love to train and they have their hard days but they always have, they have this great attitude behind the scenes because that's why they're there they wouldn't be where they are if they didn't have that kind of attitude mm-hmm. so to not be at a training camp is a massive red flag for me and I think I, I'm definitely leaning towards what you're saying G like something's not right something's going on and I mean like you said Marley like it's yeah I'm worried about his you know mental state yeah yeah that's why I feel so uneasy because I'm just like oh but we don't know you know I think too there's Two things. A, no one really, from what I can tell, expected him to still be at the 76 no. Yeah, no. I think from the second they got knocked out of the playoffs last year, everyone thought he was Gonski. And maybe he thought the same. Yeah. So it would kind of be a bit of like rocking back up to training with your tail between your legs still yeah. here. Yeah. Which is awkward. And I don't personally think that it's still your job. Like you yeah. still have to show up. I think mm. the fact that you haven't turned up to a training camp. I think the other thing is, certainly for me as a fan of the game I love pre-season content and Mm. American sport do it so well and you see all this really fun really vibey footage coming out of training camp and that's when you get all the cool videos and you see all the players coming back together after the pre-season games and all the big names are finally returned and stuff so for me I'm like I want to be there like what is going so wrong that you don't want to be at like the funnest part of pre-season like but yeah, a lot of people have a lot to say. I sent you guys that post, the quote from um, Shaq a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Mm. And he said, don't be putting pictures up of your Instagram, of your Ferrari or what actress you're hanging around with. Hardworking towns, they don't give a shit about none of that. They want you to come. They want you to work hard yeah. and play hard. And clearly, people don't feel like he's coming and working hard or playing hard. Yeah, I think that we probably are really underestimating what the um, hate is like for him on social media at the moment yeah. too. And like, it's, it would be so different actually being in America. Like oh, we always say, so like intense. we're so far far away from that bubble, and we only see what we see online and what we you know what we read and whatnot. But um, I can only imagine it would be completely different. Yeah. Not only would we copying it, but like. And to cop it from people like Shaq. Oh my gosh. You know, like I just dig a, I would dig game. a hole and I would just bury myself in it. <laughs> I think like you know when push comes to shove, whatever the hell's going on with him, whether he's got a bit of an ego moment and needs to have his you know himself put back into line or it is just because he can't handle the pressure and blah blah blah. I think everyone who cares about basketball and especially every Aussie who cares about basketball wants to see him keep playing and to get back to that space where he's feeling good and and can be happy completely it would be such a shame because he's a talent like and not many make it out of this country to the NBA like that so like it would be devastating to see if this were to be the downfall of his career and I think really like you put that quote in here from Matisse Marley like 
for the playing group, they clearly really care on a personal level. Yeah. But at the same time, like we said before, it's your job and you'd feel let down by your teammate if they're not there to work with you and, like, to put in those hours in the preseason. I don't think it matters how much you love a person. That would be disappointing as a teammate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully Ben Simmons is okay and can just get it together. Yeah. Get back out there. Yeah. Agreed. Come on, Ben. We know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be right, son. Rub some dirt in it. No, look after yourself, but also... (laughs) Also rub a little bit of dirt. Yeah, a little bit of dirt. <laughs> you the real MVP. Now we come to a segment that we call MVPs, where each week we award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something they've done that's brought us a bit of joy. Killy Silver, you're dancing, you're mocking me. As per <laughs> usual, tell us, who is your MVP? My MVP, my most valuable player of this week is Jagger Phillips. Now, King, if you don't follow us on Instagram, then first of all, go do that. Second of all, we made a post on our Instagram of this young boy. He's only 10 years old. His name is Jagger Phillips. You need to remember that name. He got asked to be on the Billabong team. He is a young little grom. He's a mad surfer. Um, we have to give a shout out to lovely best mate of the show, Gemma Squad. Um, she actually tutors him and showed us what he does and and how he got this invitation to be on the Billabong team. And it's really, really cute. And he cries and he's so happy. Um, But if you actually check out his Instagram, I'm pretty sure his parents run it. it. Um, And there's some hectic videos of him shredding in the water. He's a little grown. Ten years. Like, that's insane. And most definitely MVP behavior. And he's so cute. Yeah, he's also so cute. And, like, what a name, man. Yeah, Jagger. Jagger. Sick. Sick. You just, you were building shredders if you're giving kids names like Jagger. (laughs) Yep. Um, My MVP is Benji Marshall, living legend of the game. Um, Good MVP. He is back in the grand final this time with South Sydney for the first time since 2005. And he was 17. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. And I was speaking about it um, to someone today. Who was I speaking? Anyway, I was speaking about it to someone today and they were kind of like, isn't it incredible the confidence that he played with in a big grand final in a big moment like that? For the Tigers in 2005 as a teenager. Yes. And then... I mean, he's still got it. And the longevity. And, and like everyone wants to step like Benji that and I, flick past like Benji. Yeah. And I think about the young boys in the South Side who it must oh. be so surreal to play alongside Benji Marshall. Well, they, you, we all, like, I grew up being like, oh, the boys would, and that would go, oh, Benji step yeah. and things like that. Like, and I think that um, there was actually a few stories that we ha- we've heard yeah. from those young boys. The few of them who have debuted this year freaked out because they were like... <gasps> I'm debuting with Benji Marshall or like Benji Marshall gave him my jersey and that's insane. It's next level. Yeah, you grow up watching him and then you play with him. Yeah, so I mean, Benji has my MVP for for that huge achievement and to just be such a legend. And I think also on top of that, at the end of the prelim when South had won, he got quite emotional, um, which I think was a really... I think touching moment for everyone watching and it was not just the fact that he had done it again um and and you know actually gotten back to a grand final but he was also paying tribute to a late family member of his her name uh is Jess DeSalvo and she actually passed away last week of bowel cancer she is 
uh, woman that we're familiar with. One oldest. of my oldest friends, she runs a company called Stellar Experiences and they run um, activities, events, um, just, you know, take adults with disabilities out for the day and do lots of fun things and, and Jess was a part of that. So that's how we know her. Yeah, so it was like he was wearing one of her hats that she had designed. It yeah, was part she, of her yeah. um, a little side business that she had that actually raises money for um, people with bowel cancer. Yeah. So terrible, terrible loss for, for them, but um, yeah, an important and emotional part of that story to rep her and yeah, wild, wild stuff. But um, yeah, can't wait to see Benji out there on Sunday for the big game. Um, my MVP is Simone Biles. And I know that she had her moment at the Olympics, but <laughs> she came back. Hey, she can have another moment. Yeah, well, I'm giving her another moment right now. In To finish off what's been like a pretty tumultuous week. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, in the gymnastics world, if you've been following it, a lot of the girls uh, went back to court regarding the Larry Nasser trial, um, which is obviously horrific, but... Simone penned an amazing piece with the cut, which Marley and I have spoken about before. It's called Simone Biles Chooses Herself, and it's an article by The Cut, which is a magazine from the New York Times, and um, it's just amazing, like a really good insight into how she compares what she was feeling at that time to real life she's like imagine Mm. she just talks about this vision that she has in her head of when she's in the air and how she navigates those stunts um she's like imagine waking up at 30 years old and suddenly you're blind and you can't see anything and someone just tells you to go and do your job anyway and that's Mm. how she compares that time for her at the olympics because she's like i was blind like that third eye that gives me my talent was gone um so it's just like a really amazing piece and she's just like obviously you know how much we love her um but yeah i thought it was a really good way to finish off her week so she's my mvp and Worthy. the cops because we love them yeah absolutely Now we come to our final segment of the show, which is our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport, event, or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. I will kick us off because I decided that I would like to kick us off. (laughs) Okay, you're the one running it. (laughs) So my ones to watch, um, I mean, obviously... Most of us will be tuning into the NRL Grand Final. Um, but are I, you guys backing? Let's quickly do it. Uh, Penrith. Penrith. Go, go the Pamps. Penny Pamps. Yeah, right. Yeah, get some yeah. redemption from last year. Hear that, Nick Good. We're going for the Pamps. Yeah, go on. All right, go Nafe. <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Claire's. Uncle Claire's, as Kennedy Sherrington once said on this podcast, that we've never stopped saying. <laughs> um, so obviously we will all be tuning into the Grand Final. I was interested to read about the entertainment Kate Miller-Heidke is singing the national anthem and performing, and as is the Queensland um, Symphony Orchestra. And I just feel like you think about, about what her voice is like and combine with them. Like, it's going to be a big moment, yeah. I feel. So I, I, I would say keep, keep an eye out for that. Also, shameless plug, I have an article that is coming out in the Stella magazine, which is... No relation to Stellar Experiences, which we just talked about. Oh, yeah, weird. Um, But it's the magazine that is part of the Sunday Telegraph. And it is all about uh, the postponement of the NRLW and the ways that I think that equality in sport can help promote gender equality in all of Australia. So have a look at that. Have a read. Nice. I I think it's all right, seeing as I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Georgia Moore, what's your one to watch? 
I had one, but you saying that just made me think of another one. So I'm going to change it because the other one that I had is timeless. Anyway, there is an episode <laughs> by The Daily Oz, which you probably follow it on Instagram. It's like a news bite situation. They have a daily podcast. And yesterday on the day of recording, so Monday this week, they did a one about diversity and inclusion in sport. And it speaks to uh, the head of the Pride Sport, I think is what it's called, who like talks about diversity and inclusion in sport in the LGBTQI plus community and relevant for today's podcast. It's only like 12 minutes or something. It's a good chat. It's a good insight into how that works and where we need to improve. Um, but yeah, that's my yeah. recommendation. Brilliant. And you know what's crazy for the end of this episode and what we're talking about my one to watch is a one to listen to which is our episode and interview with the legend himself rowan crothers um a paralympian an absolute legend of the game um yeah it's really cool it was a really fun chat um so get around it it's going to be released when marley please confirm on monday a bit of public holiday listening oh uh, yeah you, if you are in new south wales you guys don't have a public holiday because you just had one georgia don't give us the finger you just had one you guys have way more public holidays than us but two but also i hope everyone's hung over when they're listening to it because that means you've had a good weekend um yeah it'll be really cool excited yeah he was the best to listen to and i think just such an incredible advocate Actually, but we need to hang chat. out with him. Yeah. When when we can, we need to hang with him. Yep, yep. He's he's a king. I'm a all big right. fan. Anyway, thank you for listening all the way through this our thirtieth. Steph episode. Curry. Yeah, yeah. We're old. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a five star rating if you're really into it. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. Check out our Chicks and Balls official pump up and country music playlist. Follow us on. Sp- Follow us not on Spotify, I was going to say. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls. No pod. And other than that, follow us. Catch you and next time. Your hopes and, dreams. <laughs> and give us your feedback, your dogs. Alrighty, bye. <laughs> <laughs>